welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Uh, I want to talk just a quick mention of a couple of WWE things as fans are already aware, uh, probably, is that Asuka returned to Raw on Monday after she had her tooth kicked out by Shayna Baszler a few weeks ago. And uh, she said on a Japanese um, voice uh, service uh, that um, she had uh, dental work done. Uh, She didn't say if she had a concussion or not. I don't think she did. But she had the dental work done. And in six months, she has to go back to the dentist and get implants put in. So it takes six months to heal. But in the meantime, she did a match on Monday. and She looked great. Um, so I think she'll be okay. We'll see. I, I hope they're doing uh, Oscar versus WrestleMania. So that should be pretty good. So, so that should be pretty good. Now, also on uh, NXT, um, Io Shirai uh, brought the contract for the takeover show to Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, so that's going to happen then. And the other thing is they did a um, vig- vignette for a new Japanese female wrestler going by the name of Sare, S-A-R-R-A-Y. She wrestled in Japan as Sari, spelled S-A-R-E-E-E. Her real name is Sari Fujimura. And people ask me about why is she using the name she used in Japan. She doesn't want to use it. She said in uh, an interview before she came to the U.S. that she wasn't going to use that name. So, she just had to discuss with the, the WWE exactly what name she was going to use. The big difference with this girl, as opposed to the others, is she's a lot younger. Uh, Asuka's like 39, Io is 32, and uh, Sari is 25. She's going to be 25 in a couple of weeks. And uh, But she's been a wrestler since she was 15. What do you think about that, Sean? Uh, that's pretty crazy, since she was 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, uh, it's not that unusual in foreign countries. Here in, the, in North America, you know, they can't wrestle until they're 18 anyway. But in foreign countries, like in England, a lot of them start when they're teenagers. A lot of them start yeah. when they're teenagers. It's not as unusual as you think. In Japan, it used to be normal. They brought in, like, uh, really young girls. Like, in the, in the 80s, in, in all Japan women, there was forced retirement at age 26, so they had to start young. What would they do if somebody was like a big, a big name? They just been forced them to retire anyway? That's what happened back in those days because there, it, was, it was a monopoly. There was only one company. Hmm. So they could dictate what they wanted to do. You know. So anyway, so sorry, she'll be making her uh, debut shortly. She's very good, you know. But she has a different look, a different vibe from the others, more of a girl next door type look. So uh, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. All right, let's uh, go on to last Saturday's UFC show um, at uh, Strawweight. Angela Hill beat um, Ashley Yoder by unanimous decision. Now, the story here is that Angela was supposed to fight Tisha Torres in December, but she got COVID-19 
And then when Angela tried to, you know, book, rebook that, well, what happened is uh, a teacher beat a um, short notice replacement, right? And then when Angela tried to rebook it, uh, Tisha basically told her to take a hike. <laughs> so um, Angela kind of settled for somebody that she had beaten already. So the, the result of the match was not surprising. I guess the thing that I would be concerned about is, you know, at some point she has to try and move up. And I think this uh, uh, ten, I think she has to be more selective about who she fights these days. All right. To just take, keep taking these short notice fights against scrubs. I don't think that's going to work anymore. Schwan. Um, I think she just does it because it keeps her in the UFC's good favor. UFC always has people falling out. They always have people who won't take fights because it's not a ranked opponent. And the fact that Angela Hill always is and generally wins those fights, I think it helps her. Now, for, like you said, for her to move up and for her to really, really secure a position, she has to start beating name people. But if you're willing to, to fill in on short notice, the UFC is going to consider you a commodity. We've seen multiple fighters get let go because they won't take short notice fights. So that's almost the safest way to stay in, especially if you can win them. Well, allow me to put my manager's hat on. <laughs> Listen, if I was her manager, I'd tell her to knock it off. You know, do you want to do you want to get a title shot or don't you? Now, uh, to be I, honest, I, I, I get that too. But you know, what's the, what is a lot? What happens to a lot of fighters? And I don't know how they spend their money. I don't know how much they make. But a lot of fighters end up, you know, forcing their hand earlier because they because they need the money. They can't go six months, four months without a fight, especially if something falls through. They can't wait three or four months. And I'm assuming, I don't know what her other activities are, but I would assume, much like anybody else, she needs to get paid. And a fight against Ashley Yoder is pretty much a guaranteed fight and a guaranteed win bonus. Like, But it's not, get, she, she's not getting anywhere. You know? Well, one of two things is going to happen. She's going to, I mean... If she puts enough wins together, they'll start moving her back up to fighting tougher competition. The problem is when she fights tougher competition, she can't ever really close the deal. So far, she hasn't been able to. That's so right. Only- I, well, but she, if, 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 if I was her manager, listen, she's got to fight better competition. Ashley Yoder really shouldn't be in the UFC, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so if she keeps doing that, it's just going to get worse for her. Uh, well, once again, I, I, I support that, and I, and I do understand that perspective. And it, in other sports, you have managers who can lend their fighters money, who, who might financially have other things going for their fighter. And if, her, if she has a manager who can do that, you can afford to turn down fights. The only, the only concern for Angela I have is you're not able to beat the top people. So if you're losing to the top people, and then we tell you to take a short-notice fight, and you say no – we don't have no reason to keep you around. You're not a big enough name. You're not a, a dominant, a successful enough fighter. So if you're not doing everything and covering all the bases, you could be out of there a lot sooner, sooner than early, sooner than later. And I assume yeah, she wants to stay at the UFC. I, you know, you know what? To leverage certain opportunities. Being attracted think, to the UFC, if you get it right, can leverage opportunities. Well, I think she's a little more secure in her position than that. And the reason I say that is because, for one thing, she's popular regardless of how good she is. I don't think she's that good either, which I agree with you there. But, I, I you know, like I said, I see what I want to The other thing is they started using her on air as commentary. 
Okay. So there's uh-huh. value in that as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, it was not, it's not the, it's not the route I would necessarily choose, but given the UFC's kind of laissez-faire attitude towards the fighters and cutting people, you, it's probably just best to play it safe. Now I'm assuming her next fight is going to be against somebody in a ranked position. But the fact of the matter is most of the girls in her division who are ranked are still ahead of her because they've already beaten her. So it's just, just going to be a lot more rematches of girls who are going to be like, well, why do I need well, to fight Angela Hill again? I've already beaten her. She's like in well, the you, 22. She, want, she wants to fight Tisha Torrey, right? But I mean, the thing it, it is, is there's other, well, there's other fighters that are that I think she would have more trouble with. Yeah, there's a lot of them. That's the problem. She's so, she's clearly shown she can beat a certain caliber. She hasn't shown that she's been able to get that next stage. Do I favor her if, if Joanna fights? If she has to fight Joanna, do I think she beats her? I don't uh, think Joanna, so. Listen, Joanna, Joanna, I'm telling you, okay? How long have I said this? Joanna, I think it's now 75-25. She's a tyrant. Oh, once again, I would agree. It, it's just giving the example that there's no clear person that we know Angela Hill who's elite, who we know Angela Hill oh, is you know guaranteed who I, to be. Oh, well, you know who I put her in against? Who's that? Marina, Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good fight. But, I mean, that's somebody who's and who's kind of hot right now. But is she really considered an elite fighter? Yeah. I don't. So we, we but, need to see who are the elite. Well, when somebody's coming off a big win like that, that's the time to strike when the iron is hot, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if she can get that, but for some reason she's determined to fight who she's determined to fight, and maybe it's she's trying to keep put wins together. I, I'm not sure. I don't know her well enough. Well, I just think she needs to be more selective at this point. Enough of this uh, taking short notice fights and stuff like that because it's not getting her anywhere. Yeah, but it is it is making sure those those bills get paid, and that's that's really important. Okay. This is a short career. Yeah. All right. Fight number two was at uh, flyweight. We had JJ Aldrich beat Courtney Casey by split decision. Now I wanted to mention first of all that JJ has uh, moved trading camps. She's gone from three hundred three to. Um, what the hell's the name of that joint? Uh, Neil Marshall and those guys. Elevation. Elevation. They're all in Denver, right? And uh-huh. uh, her, her coach, uh, if you notice, is in her corner, was Casey Kenny. Okay, who's a current UFC fighter. Anyway, this is another case of where I thought maybe the judges kind of messed up. Okay, like the way I scored it, I had uh, Courtney winning round one, JJ winning round two, and I thought Courtney probably won round three, but it looks to me like the judges had JJ stealing it or something like that. At least that kind of that's kind of way that the way I thought thought of it. It was a close fight, so I wouldn't look at it as a big robbery, but it, it looked to me like they may have got it wrong. Well, I the main, the main thing that concerned me is that. Courtney Casey was never able to like she has all the advantages in this. She's bigger than JJ Aldridge. I would assume she hits harder from what I've seen in their opponent. Um, she's a better grappler. She was just never able to 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 pull away in the fight. Like she even if even if you think she won or she outworked her, she wasn't able to really put any any real distance between her and Aldridge. So 
once so again, what it's was, the same so, problem. All right. So what was the reason for that? Because let's face facts here. J.J. Aldrich is very limited physically. She's, she's limited physically, but in regards to her conditioning, in her regards to her, her overall skill set, she's very secure in her skill set. To me, Casey, Courtney Casey, outside of searching for her submissions when she's on the ground, she doesn't really know what she wants to do. There's times when she'll flash a jab and walk you down and come behind it. There's times where she'll counterpunch. There's times where she'll throw volume. But you can't ever – it's like she, she doesn't know what to do to cement around in a fight. It's like she just does whatever. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Basically, if she can't physically dominate you and put herself in a big lead and sit on it, she doesn't have any way to win fights. She doesn't know how to separate. She doesn't know how to build on anything. So she has it, – it, it looked to me like J.J. Aldridge was building towards something. Like she was getting better every round of the fight. Whether you think she won the last round or not, she was still – it seemed like she was starting to take – it seemed like she was starting to take over. Like Casey couldn't in, impose her will on her. Casey couldn't back her off. And if I'm a judge, I'm looking at it saying, okay, well, the power is not bothering her. Look at the volume she's throwing. Look at the aggression. Look at how this other girl is kind of giving up ground and not throwing as much. It seems like the tables are turning. Kate, Corsi Kate, I can't say it. I keep saying that wrong. Courtney Casey just doesn't have a feel for the game, and she doesn't have an IQ. It's like you have these advantages. Put them together. Why, why, why can't you dictate pace with a person who's physically weaker than you? Why aren't you throwing volume, overwhelming her? Why aren't you tying her up in clinches and just beating her up against the fence? Why aren't you able to force a takedown and work submissions games from the top instead of always ending up on your back hunting for submissions? It's been, if you look at the history of her fights, she always does the same. She fights the same way. She has not changed what she's done or shown any consistency from day one. It's always one or two really good rounds and one, one or two, one good round and two so-so rounds. Every single fight. She starts what fast is, and then she is, runs is, out of ideas. So here's the, where, what's the problem with her? Is it the coaching, low IQ, what? I, I, sometimes I like, to, I, I like to point the coaching to a certain degree because I feel like you need to prepare the person. But after, but after you've had so many fights and you become a veteran, even if your coaching isn't necessarily telling you the right things, you as a fighter should be able to figure certain things out. And it, it seems like she just doesn't have any con- any context for the game. She's like, I'm hunting for submissions. I was looking for submissions. I must be winning. Um, I had a strong first round. I must be winning. I'm throwing punches. I must be winning. It's like she doesn't have any feel for it. She can't process the information, which means she relies heavily on her corner to tell her I'm winning or I'm losing or you need to close the show or you don't. That's the only thing I can put the fault to them at. She's faced better opposition than J.J. Aldridge. She's, been, she's fought more times than J.J. Aldridge. Outside, she's a better athlete. She's bigger, stronger. She hits harder. How do, how do you lose that fight against a physically limit, limited fighter who's not a big hitter, isn't a great wrestler, isn't a great grappler, is just basically an intelligent striker with good conditioning and a, and a I guess, average overall skill set in mixed martial arts? How do, you, how do you not win that fight? Every advantage on paper is on, in, in Casey's favor. How do you not win that fight? Well, uh, so far, she's been an underachiever. So that's, she's got to get her act together. She's got to get her act together. I don't think it gets much better than this. I think she's really just has no sort of sense for the game. And I don't know at this point if she can make the changes necessary. Because if her camp's not – I think she's at a new camp now. So it's been two different camps. And we're getting the same Wait, kind what, of uh, isn't isn't she still training with John Crouch? I thought she I thought she moved on to another camp. I could have sworn she moved to another camp. I don't remember, but so I know she is, was training with John Crouch before. Yeah. So the question I, 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 is, is she still training with him? I don't think she is. 
And if she is, that's if she is that then, then that's even more damning because you you see a pattern, you see a pattern of it, and there's no adjustment. And this is the last thing I'll say about her. It a lot of this I won't break down the technique because the technique about her is is written. Nah. Nobody knows she's gonna fight. But the thing about it is every fight this- she loses is close, but she won't ever take any notes and say. I need to improve. She always says, I should have won that. The judges robbed me. At some point, you have to understand, if you keep losing these close fights, the problem is you. And she won't address it. She keeps thinking she's getting robbed. It's a victim mentality that undercuts her ability to be successful. Doesn't she listen to her husband a lot? Because he's a boxer, right? He, I hope he's not a boxer, because her boxing is not good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right, let's go on to the so, third let me, one. Let me, just, let me just highlight that point one more time. Every fighter says they got robbed. Every fighter says they got gypped. But the best fighters make adjustments and come back a better fighter. Courtney Casey, from her first fight to now, is she even 25% better outside of experience? No, she's worse. She's that, worse. the point. She keeps making excuses and she refuses to get in un- uncomfortable zones to improve herself. While everybody else is getting better, she's right where she was and the game has passed her up. She needs to make tremendous strides forward to have a chance at this point. Okay, in the third fight, which was at Strawweight, we had uh, Jinyu Fry. She got off the Schneid, and she beat uh, Gloria De Paula uh, by unanimous decision. And Gloria, uh, she's the girlfriend of Mayra Buena Silva. Like she trains at uh, Shootbox in um, Sao Paulo with um, Diego Lima. She has the same problem that you know. Look, she has to improve her takedown defense. Yeah, she made this mistake we've seen on the other Brazilian fighters where she gets on the bottom, and instead of getting the hell out of there and getting back on her feet where she would have an advantage, she kept trying to go for submissions, and she just, she just gave up the round. And um, the other thing is that it looks like um, Saif Saud over at uh, Fortis MMA is making some progress with Jinyu Fry, and he yelled at her between – rounds after the second round and I guess it helped because she won the round and she won the fight because they split the first two rounds so uh, sorry yeah go ahead well my biggest thing the reason I I favored Ginny Ryan is wasn't because I thought she'd make huge technical adjustments because I still don't believe she's made huge technical adjustments what I do believe is that she hasn't she's fought a better caliber opponent She's fought over an extended period of time. She's still one of the better athletes in the division. She's just not as great as one, which make, makes the size issue kind of a kind of a problem. But against DePaula, DePaula had some good striking shoots, some good moments. But DePaula doesn't know how to build. She doesn't know how to build off her success. She might throw like a strike or two, land it, but she doesn't know how to maintain a distance or how to close a distance or how to dictate where the fight and how the fight's going and then build on it so she can overwhelm Virginia Fry. Junior Fry is there to be overwhelmed, but you have to put up a certain amount of resistance. You have to work at a certain pace. You have to force her to work at a certain pace. And DePaula could never do that. So she was never able to apply the pressure that the other two fighters that Junior Fry faced were. Those fighters were on her at every, po- every moment. They were for- if they- she took them down, they were trying to get off. She put them in a clinch, they're striking back with them, they're trying to get a dominant position to clinch. If she's striking, they're trying to throw three for every one she throws. They put the pressure on her. So she couldn't, she couldn't go through her progressions and make the adjustment. DePaula was following and walking towards her and, and in her space, but she wasn't couldn't, putting pressure on her. So Junior Fry didn't have to just react. She could kind of 
she had some room to operate and that allowed her to build confidence. And as she built confidence, she was able to recover what, when, when, she lost, when she fell behind a little bit. She was able to recover instead of getting overwhelmed. And that's just the part of not having the experience to know what to do and to know how to set things up and to know the mental aspect of the game. Jenny Fry kind of fades when, when you don't allow her to dominate. And DePaula, when she had some success, she didn't build on it. She like had this moment of success, and instead of jumping right on Jenny Fry, she comes out slow again. That that that's experience. Well, the kind of problems that the kind of mistakes that Gloria made, I think they can be easily fixed. And uh, so she's got a good coach. So once he has an idea of what exactly she needs to do, he can fix a lot of that stuff. They can. It's just yeah. it's just experience, and Ginny Fry exposed that she took. There's a level. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But but that stuff can be fixed. It's the sort of thing that, you know, it's just refining. It's just refining and approaching all of that. So let's talk about the difference in coaching here, as far as um, you know, her husband as opposed to uh, Saud. One of the big things here is the bad habits that she developed being coached by her husband, especially the one where she was more concerned about avoiding damage than being aggressive and winning the fight. I don't, I think part of it, he did some good things. The thing is what he did was he, it's like, like I said before, I've worked with fighters. I've worked with athletes in other sports. The easiest thing to do and, and obviously and the smartest thing to do initially is you find where you have advantages, you find where they, their character fits, and you play to that. You play to those strengths to allow them to have more success faster. So in her case, she's a better athlete. At, at a lower weight class, she's physically able to dominate people. Her power carries over a little more. So what he did was he built a style around her physicality and her power. Her striking, she doesn't put combinations together because of that weight class, when she hits somebody once or twice, they back off. They give her space. Physically, she can get those clinches. And if she can't strike with you, she can bully you. She can force you to the ground. In later fights, you saw her get pushed by bigger, stronger opponents. At this weight class, she has bigger, stronger opponents. So her, her husband's problem wasn't developing that style. It wasn't building on it because it was enough at that weight class. It's not going to be enough at this one. And so now, later in the game, she's trying to add on combinations. She's trying to use her strikes to transition into takedowns, clean up her entries, and be a little bit more defensively aware so that she can force the pace. Because before when she forced the pace because she was used to throwing one or two strikes at a time, she would, she would set herself up to be countered. Now working at a higher pace, you're, you're going to get hit because you're working at a higher pace. But so now she has to be more defensively responsible. So she doesn't get hit the right way. He just didn't build on it. You have to build on it. If I develop a level of skill and comfort in you at a level three and that works, that's fine. But that level three is not going to be good enough. A couple years from now, two years from now, three years from now, you should at least be at a five. She's been at a level three, a skill level and approach for yeah. damn near seven so, years. So can Saud take her to the next level? That's the question. If they keep giving her opponents like this where she can she can find her comfort zone and she can find her time and her and her and her patience and her awareness, like against these lower class people, she she can do it. But if you throw her right back in against a name, when you pressure her, she's gonna go back to what she always does and she's gonna fold. You need to put her up against people who are dangerous but not so dangerous that she can't go through her progressions and make the, the technical growth. I'll compare this one last thing. I'll compare this to when Claudia Gadelia was on her win streak. Her team wanted her to fight um, Jessica Andrade. I said, if you want to fight Andrade, you need to take at least one other fight, maybe two. Not that you're going to, I know that you're going to beat her, 
But in two more fights, you'll have all the adjustments they have for you down, and you'll be at your best. She jumped, She said that I'll go straight to Andrade, and when Andrade pressured her, she started fighting dumb. She fought a really clean first round, and then she started fighting dumb because it hadn't t- totally set in. It's the same thing with your Fry. You have to let the changes set in. She needs another two fights, and then you move her back up. But she needs a similar opponent level to Gloria DePaula, someone who's inexperienced, not quite the athlete she is, so she has something to relieve the pressure and allow her to think clearly because the pressure is where she gets overwhelmed. It's not second nature yet. Two more fights, she'll have a better chance. All right. Let's move on to this Saturday. Um, the first fight is at Strawweight. It was supposed to be Cheyenne Buys versus Kay Hansen, but uh, Kay had to pull out due to uh, injury, which is unfortunate because I was actually looking forward to this fight. So her replacement is a fighter named Montserrat Ruiz. So both of these are basically making UFC debuts. Cheyenne Buys uh, is trains at, again, Fortis MMA in Houston. She's been there for a long time. Her husband trains there as well. <clears throat> and he is fighting on the show as well. And she was on the Contender Series, if you recall. Uh, mm-hmm. Mon- Montserrat Ruiz is from Mexico. She has fought mostly in Mexico. Uh, she went one and one in the Victor. Okay, so uh, she's brought, being brought in a short notice. The big problem that I see here is that, um, and, and she trains at um, 10th Planet in San Diego, Manny Hernandez, and also uh, Kings MMA in Huntington Beach with uh, Rafael Cardero. Um, the big problem I see here is Cheyenne has a big size advantage. Like she's mm-hmm. five foot three. Um, um, Montserrat is five feet. So I see a big size advantage here. Um, what do you see in this one? Um, it looks, I mean, Montserrat, I've only seen a little bit of her. She doesn't, she doesn't seem like a bad fighter. She doesn't seem like a very good one. She seems fairly inexperienced. I don't know that she has any real standout athleticism or standout traits as far as her durability or her physical strength. So my, my issue with her isn't that maybe she, she will necessarily get dramatically outskilled by buys, but buys should have a skill advantage. And then buys also should have the advantage as far as durability and punching power and strength. So I don't know where Montserrat would actually win the fight at, at this stage. When you're this early in your fighting career, even if you're a better grappler, when you're facing a bigger, stronger skilled opponent, it's hard to get them down. It's hard to keep them down. You waste a lot of energy trying to do both. And I don't, I don't think Montserrat's going to be able to really match up with buys on the feet just off the physicality alone. Yeah. I, I pretty much feel the same way about it. I, I, I don't see uh, a way for Montserrat to win this fight. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the ending could happen, but Bai but seems like she hits hard. She has fast hands. She's got good striking. And if nothing else, she, she's, she's competent on the ground. And when you're, got, when you're longer and I, I think you're a better athlete and you look a little bit more durable and physically strong, I think you can just pressure, even a grappler, you can just pressure them and break them down. So I, I'm not saying Montre doesn't have a chance. I just I don't know how much of a chance she does. If, if she beats Baez, I, I consider that a pretty good upset. Okay, the next one is at Bantamweight. It is Marion Renault versus um, uh, – what's her name? <laughs> Macy Chason. Uh, Macy, I got it, I got it. Macy Chesa. Okay, so did you know (laughs) that Marion Renault is now 
the oldest fighter on the UFC roster. She's 44 years old. Okay. And I guess that's because uh, 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 Oakley was recently fired, right? Um, so, I mean, her age doesn't concern me. Okay. Even though I kind of harp on it a little bit. But what concerns me about her is consistency. And you don't know what the hell she's going to be when she goes out there. You know, but even that doesn't really that doesn't really concern me as much. What always concerns me about her is she's still even at her age, she's probably one of the better athletes in the division. She's just so athletic. But the problem is, she it's not that she's not a skilled fighter. She she doesn't have the transitional skills. Like she doesn't know how to go from striking to grappling, gra- striking to wrestling, wrestling to grappling. She can't ever control where the fight is going. Her, she lacks those in between skills. Like she can punch and kick fairly well, but she doesn't punch. She doesn't have good enough defensive work to maintain distance and escape from being trapped on the cage or being clinched up. She doesn't have good enough pressure forward footwork to cut the cage off and break you down if you're even competent. She's not a good enough wrestler to consistently get yeah. takedowns over good opposition. She can't defend good takedowns against opposition. Her submission skills hold up, but she can never get the fight where she needs to get it to, to de- dominate on that part. And while I don't think Chiasen's a great skill fighter, I think Chiasen's pretty physical. She's well-conditioned, and she, if I remember correctly, she's pretty big for the weight class she is because she won tough 28 as a featherweight so she's really a featherweight she's uh she's much she's much bigger than marion uh i would also add that guess where she trains she trains at fortis mma so yeah, i, I uh, have go ahead go ahead uh it hill marion renault has the skills to win this fight i just don't know if she has the connective skills between the individual skills, like to be able to transition between things, is going to let her win. It's going. She's another fighter who's had the same problem for the entirety of her career, and she's had lesser fighters beat her as a result of it. So unless she comes up, comes out and just blasts Chazen, and I don't even know that works because Chazen's been pretty durable and pretty tough. Unless she just blasts her, knocks her out, or gets her down and finishes her, I would think Chazen might start slow, but at some point she just takes over on conditioning and physicality alone. Well, she had yeah. one bad. She she had one bad fight a while back. But I think she was going through some personal stuff at the time, and that may have affected her. So Yeah. I mean, you she, can exploit her, but you have to be able to do certain things, things that I've never seen Marion Renault do against anybody of a competent level. Like, when she went on that three, three or four fight win streak, she was beating like nobody. All right. Okay, so we have a third fight on this. And I'm trying to remember who it is now. <laughs> Hold on here. It's Gia Avila versus Ulia Stolyarenko. Hello? Yeah, I'm listening. Julia Avila versus Julia Stolyarenko at Bantamweight. Okay. I just couldn't remember their names. God, I'm getting old. (laughs) So Julia Julia Avila, she had a really bad fight last time. Losing to Sajari. A dumb fight. And uh, so we got to see how she bounces back. Ulia Solerenko is from Lithuania, and she was in tough 26, I think. 
And, but she didn't get signed out of that. And then she uh, had a really good fight down in Invictus, so they re-signed her. But when she made her uh, UFC return, she lost to Yana Komitskaya. So uh, what do you think we got here, Sean? Um, the fight against Yana Komitskaya concerns me just because Julia was basically bullied and taken down and roughed up and clinched up by somebody who's notoriously not a physical fighter. I mean, Yana's got good IQ for the game. She's got some depth. She's got some skills. But we've routinely seen in fights where she's been bullied. She was bullied against Cyborg. She was uh, bullied in her last fight against Ketlin Vera. She's never been able to really make physicality an issue. Julia Vera is a very physically punishing fighter. So unless something goes terribly wrong, I don't see how Avila doesn't just run her over and, and knock her out. I mean, even if she's durable, if nothing else, Avila should just be able to take her down or put her up against the fence and just wail on her well, for, she, for three rounds. She needs that kind of win because she looked really bad against Sajara. <laughs> she, she looked good against Sajara to start with, and then when, when she got t- taken down, instead of trying to get back up, she just she did the same thing Ketlin Vera did against Yana. She just looked for submission. You clearly are dominating a smaller, weaker opponent on the feet, and so then you allow them to hold you down. And people can say, well, it's easier said than done. She didn't really try to get up. She was looking for submissions the whole round. Why would you do that when you almost had the person well, knocked down the first one on the feet? From what I can tell, she still trains at her hometown gym in Oklahoma City. And I kind of wonder if she's somebody who might benefit from moving elsewhere. Uh, she could benefit. I think a lot of the smaller people could benefit because once the talent level kind of levels off, it gets harder. But Avila, to me, has enough skill and has shown enough talent that she shouldn't have had a loss already. She should ha- have another two or three wins behind her before she hits a, a level of opponent that would make her have to consider that. The Sajara Eubanks, and I don't know if the corner told her it was okay. I don't, I don't know why they would tell her that. But the Sajara Eubanks fight, to me, was purely IQ. I know Sajara Eubanks can grapple, and she's a decent enough wrestler, but when have you ever seen Sajara Eubanks hold anybody down for a whole round? All right. Well, I think... I mean, she can hold Fari down for a whole round. How the hell does she hold Julia Villa down? I know she's improved, but she ain't improved that much. Hello? So either Julia Villa... Hello? No, no, I hear you now. So either Julia Villa is not as great an athlete or physical prospect as we think, or... That's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't think she's at the point where she needs to change because she hasn't faced an opponent with enough advantages to dictate, dictate position like that. That was just bad IQ. Yeah. So either she's not as good as she thinks she is or her corner totally doesn't know how to handle her. It's one of those two. Okay. All right. So uh, there's another big fight this weekend on Sunday at uh, the Ryzen Show. The main event of that show will have um, Ayaka Hamasaki, defend her uh, Ryzen Atomweight Championship against um, Kana Asakura. And they fought before. And I just don't see any way that Kana wins this fight. No way, Jose. And um, the other thing we have to talk about in regards to this fight, and I'm going to probably have Charlie on my show next week, to uh, discuss this further, but one of the things that we talked about a few months ago is the possibility of Verizon getting totally out of women's MMA. Yeah, it's still an issue. I, I just only thing I hope is that they do. I hope some of the uh, hope these other organizations snap up the talent because I mean it, there should be well, a, a great influx of talent. Here's what I think would happen: 
you know, Ayaka is 39 years old, so maybe it's time to retire anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kana would go to Deep Jewels. You know, but I this this is a concern that, that we had when we talked about um, uh, Ayaka's last fight. Um, they it wouldn't and the fact that they let Ham so he could away. Uh, this could very well be the last uh, women's fight in Ryzen. Well, I mean, it's a it's a good fight to go out on, but um, I mean, if if they if the women's fights aren't. I always thought they were more dedicated to the women's fight, but maybe no, they no, no. there's not a they big didn't, payout. They didn't get the results they wanted. Oh, I mean, what what organization has gotten the results they wanted from the women's fight? No, division, well, because they, they felt that the big star there was Rena, but the problem is Rena is just not a very good fight. You know, she, and they couldn't find some stiffs just to keep putting her in again to keep winning? No, because the division was never that big enough. It was never that big. They were bringing in foreigners at one point. But they're not doing that now because of the pandemic, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I even forgot that at all. Yep, yep. I don't know. Um, Like I said, my biggest hope is if they ever do something like that, is that in some form or fashion, some of the other organizations get an influx of talent because for some of these organizations, even though they've got lots of bodies, they don't have a a high skill level in those bodies. And it'd be nice to get some experienced fighters who also are talented to come in and give some of these, these uh, divisions kind of a little bit of a boost, maybe make, maybe create some interest where there isn't any right now. Well, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I, I'm probably going to have uh, Charlie on my show on next Tuesday. So we'll uh, see what he has to say about it. I don't know if he's going to the show, but also usually uh, after the shows, the match video uh, goes up on YouTube. So uh, if I, if that does happen, I'll be sure to send you a link. Oh, cool. I'd appreciate it. Okay. It's, by the way, it's the main event of the show. Oh, well, I mean, I, at least she's getting that. I, I feel like she's a good enough fighter where she should get that respect. So I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Uh, now, Dana White announced uh, earlier, I guess it was earlier this week, that UFC 261 is going to be at that uh, arena in Jacksonville that they were in last year. And they're going to have a full crowd there. So the two women's title fights are on that show. So uh, oh yeah, that should be uh, very interesting to see what they do on that deal. Because uh, I don't know, man. Full crowds at this stage? Don't know. Oh, I mean, Dan, Dana's going to do what he's going to do, which is something I, I, I keep feeling fighters need to remember whenever they think about not putting their best interests at heart forward. You know, I know they want to be attached to the UFC, but at the end of the day, the UFC is going to do its best for the UFC. If you go along with what they tell you to do and it doesn't work out for you, you, you can't feel sorry because you know how, what they've done historically to fighters. So people, fighters need to start looking out for their own best interests, whether it's in pay, short notice fights, or how they let the UFC present them. They need to start looking after their, their own well-being instead of just putting, putting their hands in the the careers in the UFC's hands and then complaining after the fact. I get tired of that. That's what I get tired of. Okay. You got anything you want to talk about, Juan? Uh, no, sir. That's it. Okay. So that's about it. Uh, again, uh, all of the videos that I've put up are on my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, 
for my blog or either my podcast, you can leave them an anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.